Hello and welcome to episode 411 of the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow all our fruit, vegetables and herbs in my garden and allotment. Coming up a little bit later on, I'm reflecting on this past year and thinking about how we can move forward. That might seem like a funny time, but I will explain all later on. But before that, we have the diary. It is Wednesday the 18th of July 2021. I've just popped down to the allotment after work today to pull out some bindweed from around my gooseberry and currant bushes. That's done now. Um, Nothing really special to talk about. I just pulled it out, cleared out some more cooch grass and I think what I'm going to do is lay down some cardboard, possibly even some straw, just underneath these just to suppress any more weeds and uh, basically make my life a little bit easier the cardboard does seem to be working in the areas I've used it in so I'm going to keep using it but what I've mainly grabbed the mic for is I've had a few things that I've noticed or want to talk about today now first thing when I drove into our allotment site I've noticed that at the entrance they have completed an area where they're basically putting in new allotments But these new allotments are raised beds, and I'm talking about waist height beds. And they are for people who have less mobility. I think that's a great idea. Part of what's going on down in the allotment at the moment is we have a new road pot in by the side, which is the main road. And that's meant we've got new fences, new gates, just to protect the allotments. It's going to be a bit annoying, I think, when the road opens up because it passes right by my uh, allotment. And I think I'm going to get quite a bit of noise and there's a new bridge going in, things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how it develops. It's been going on for quite a while now. But the builders had to pull in these new allotments. And I've got to say, it looks fantastic. Nice new allotments full of nice new compost. All looking really like I want to get somebody in there who can make the most of it. Another thing that happened, I drove up to my allotment, my allotment plot, and as I got up to my allotment plot, all of a sudden, some woman just emerged from the path between mine and my neighbour's plot. And she seemed to be moving quite fast and went down and disappeared, but she kept looking behind at seeing what I was doing. At first, I just thought it was somebody on another allotment plot, but I've never seen her before. She seemed to be wearing clothes that I would class as being far too clean or far too good for an allotment. So I don't know if she should be here or if she was up to something. I don't know. But I'm going to be placing a call to the council and let them know that there's been some suspicious activity and uh, to keep an eye on it. I know there's a gate at the very back that there is no lock on. So I'm going to bring that to somebody's attention. And the final thing that's happened today is that I have been awarded an award in the top 25 UK gardening podcasts. I'm number four on the list, which I'm very, very chuffed about. This is from Feedspot, and I will add a link in the blog post for this podcast if you want to go and check that out. But I'm absolutely blown away with that. It's nice to be recognised. I know this bit is probably a bit self-indulgent and nothing that really uh, really interferes with everyone else's gardening. But I'm just so pleased to, have to get a nice little award. 
Anyway, I just grabbed onto the mic to share this with you. I'm sure this will not be the only update for this week, but it's the first. It is Friday the 20th of August 2021 today, just in the podding shed. And this is just a quick little update. Now, I will be going down the allotment tomorrow. I've been down there during this week getting on top of the weeds. But um, I'm going down there tomorrow and I'm going to see how the cabbage that we sowed last week is getting on down there. But what I wanted to say today, the cabbage that we sowed in here, this is going to be the spring sown cabbage that we spoke about last week and I said I'm going to keep you updated with, has germinated to the point that I've had to prick it out into individual pieces. So that's great. It means we're going to have those growing really, really well and should mean that we can get some nice spring cabbages guaranteed with this lot here. So that's just a little update for you. I thought I'd share with you. We'll find out how things are getting on tomorrow down the allotment. It is Saturday the 21st of August 2021. It's early evening and I'm just packing up for the day. But I've not been down here all day. I didn't actually get here till about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I had a bald explorer walk this morning. Many of you will know Richard Vobes from the Bald Explorer who comes on the podcast every now and then. A very good friend of mine. Every now and then or every month we've started back doing our walks. And uh, yeah, it's uh, nice to be a bit social, of course. So I did that. Sean James Cameron was actually there. So it's nice to see him and chat to him as well. But on the allotment, it's, uh, well, I came down here. Lucky enough, I've been down here during the week and doing some weeding. So I got on top of that. But the first thing I think I should mention, and it's the first thing I checked, was the cabbages I sowed last week. The red drumhead cabbage that was sown directly in the soil. As you know, the ones in the potting shed at home have germinated and seem to be doing quite well. Well, at first glance, I didn't think any of these cabbages sown in the soil had germinated. But on closer look, a single cabbage has germinated. So (laughs) that might mean over the next few days, we will start to see more and more. What I have done, though, is I've just popped over one of my net cloches just to try and protect him a little bit. A single cabbage, I mean, I don't know if pigeons are going to be looking for it or hungry for it. I don't know, but I've just, I got very nervous about it for a change. So I just pull that over to protect it. Now, like I said, I've been weeding throughout the week, so I'm almost on top of the place. It's certainly looking better for it, but I did have to do a little bit more weeding. Of course, all the weeds go into the compost bin in order to make compost. And I mentioned last week that one of my bins, the compost looked ready. Well, I've started to empty that up and filled up the onion bed that has been covered with cardboard. Now, this bed is going to have onions growing in it over winter. And in fact, will be sown end of this month, beginning of October. So that's now filled up with compost, which is what I wanted to do. And I've added a bit of blood, fish and bone to the compost as well. Just sprinkle that over and rake that in give that a couple of weeks to settle down and soon our onion sets will be planted in that hopefully they will produce some good onions but the main thing is I've got that bed ready to go now after that my comfrey now my comfrey got several patches off it's it was here when I took on the plot it grows like mad the bees absolutely love it so I don't tend to worry too much it but what comfrey is great for one it's a really good 
compost activator. So it goes in the compost heap really, really nicely and really helps make that compost work. But it's also very good for making a plant feed, specifically for tomatoes or high potash feed. But really, it's a bit late for making tomato feed. I've run out of tomatoes anyway, they've all gone, except for what's in the greenhouse. But that doesn't mean we can't prepare for next year. So what I've done is I've taken a few compost leaves and I've put the leaves into my feed maker, which is like a, a basket that gets submerged in water. And what I'll do is that'll leach all the nutrients into the water and then that means I can just drain off the liquid and there you go, I have got a comfrey feed. That will take a few months to make and rot down, but it's not going to be used this year, like I say. It's going to be really for next year, so I can really use the comfrey feed next year. Now, if you haven't got comfrey on your garden, highly, highly recommend it, especially on your allotment. But I do recommend you keep it in a pot so it doesn't grow and take over the place. It is quite invasive. Right, well, that is it for today. I've got a day at home tomorrow. It is Sunday the 22nd of August 2021 today and I've had a day in the home plot today, the home garden. Now, yesterday I went down the allotment and that was great, obviously. But because the allotments, I'm almost at a point I'm getting it ready for the winter, like I said yesterday, and you'll be hearing a bit later on about that. The home plot will be used probably a lot more throughout the winter. I found there's a lot of things that have worked quite well, but that's meant I've had to open things up. So... First of all, the willow tree that I started taking down last week. Well, I've completely taken all the branches off that, just leaving the tree stump. Now that's opened up a lot of airspace, made things a lot brighter. The garden seems bigger without it as well. But I've still got to cut down the tree stump, which is going to be a task for possibly next week. But I'm in no real rush with that. Just got to cut it down with a chainsaw and that'll be okay. Now after that, I went to where my subpod bed. Now, for those that don't know, my subpod is an underground composting system that I got earlier this year. And when I built it, I built a rather large raised bed so that I could fill it up with compost all the way around the subpod and grow grapes in it. What I decided to do with this, I knew when I laid all the compost down when I built it that it was going to take a while for the compost to settle down and probably reduce. And I was right, it certainly did that. It reduced by about half. So that meant what I needed to do was fill it back up again. And one of my compost bins certainly was ready for emptying. So I've scooped all that compost out. I've ran it through the sieve just to make sure there was no large bits left. And then I filled up the bed here to get that all ready to go and that means I can now plant out my grapes so that's got that completed I'm really pleased with it I've got to say the sub pod for me has been a real fantastic addition to the home plot I quite often sit down on it while I'm recording but also it's been a real discreet way of composting it's not so in your face like the Dalek compost bins it's kind of hidden but it doubles up as a seat. I just think it's a fantastic thing to have and I will certainly be looking at getting more of these in my garden as we add more and build other beds going into the future. Now after that, I've planted the Facilia into the bed where the tomatoes was that I removed last week. Because I've got more space in that, it seemed like a good opportunity to plant out these plants. And I've never grown Facilia before. This was a seed supporters plant, so we're interested to see just how that will get on. 
And then I followed that up by picking some of my purple Manjitois peas and my normal peas. These are real tasty peas, I've got to say. And it's great to have them coming in and great to be able to eat them. So really pleased with that. And it's great to actually get things moving forward. Now, I've got lots and lots of thoughts and things that I want to do in this home plot that I've learned over this last year. And I'm going to be reflecting on that a little bit later on. But I'm going to run one of my commercial adverts and then I'll come back with my plans for the next year. A few months ago, I launched the VegGrow Podcast Supporters Club. Each month, I send out a gift pack of a collection of seeds to sow each month along with a newsletter. I also produce behind-the-scenes podcasts or videos providing club members with extra content. And we are constantly adding extra features to improve the club. It costs just £5 a month, and current members tell me that they have found that the seeds alone are value for money. This also helps me keep the podcast and the website running and more importantly, it helps me encourage and inspire more people to grow their own food. Now, if that sounds like something you are interested in joining, then head over to the vegroundpodcast.co.uk to find out more. But if you want to support the podcast without becoming a member, we also have merchandise available on the website, including mugs and t-shirts. Or leave a review on your podcast service or share this podcast with others. It all goes a long way to help supporting the VegGround podcast. Well, it's been a busy week again, as you heard, but I'm very pleased with the progress made on the plots over this last week. However, I have found myself thinking about the year ahead recently. You've probably heard that in some of the recent podcasts. Now, that might seem a bit strange as here we are in August, the year's barely over with. But personally, I like to think that the veg garden year starts about mid-September. Now, the reason that I say this is that around mid-September is when we can start planting many of our overwintering crops, such as garlic or onions, ready for the year ahead. And that, for me, is a sign that the new season has started. Not only that, I find that the winter months to be an ideal time to do what I call infrastructure work, such as building and repairing beds, planting new fruit bushes, and so on. But that does involve a bit of planning to do right, especially when in the winter months my allotment plot becomes almost inaccessible by vehicle and that makes the transportation of materials very, very challenging. So I need the materials there before winter sets in. All this means now is that for me it's time to start evaluating this last year and see what I want to do next year. Now, something that I wanted to do this year was to make my veg patch at home bigger and more usable. And I certainly achieved that with having three large beds made from wood and filled with compost. Now, the original plan was to have four and get the chicken coop, which could be moved between the beds. That is kind of still the plan, but that is going to have to wait until I can afford the chicken coop that I want and that will fit into the beds. However... The difficulty with these beds has been that the chickens could get into the beds and dig up my plants. To overcome this, what I did was pot up some chicken wire all the way around the beds to make a little fence. And that worked at keeping the chickens off. 
but it also made it a bit tricky for me to work on the beds. So what I want to do with these three beds is over the winter, when the beds are empty, I'll of course let the chickens have access to the ground. That way they'll get in there, they'll dig through the soil, they'll turn it all over, they'll remove any weed seeds, they'll search for slugs and snails, and they will also manure the beds just naturally. But what I also want to do is make some fences for all three beds, but make them look a bit more attractive than just chicken wire hanging on some wire. But I also want to make this so I can add a hinge so I can easily drop down the sides in order to work on the beds without too much trouble. I've got the idea in my head of what I want to do. just need to set out, design and buy in the materials that I need. Another change at the home plot, of course, was the podding shed. Now that was built over the last winter. We had a slight problem, as no doubt you will recall. But it's been a great shed, and I've really enjoyed having such a nice big shed to work in and set things up in. But after nearly a year's worth of use now, several problems I've noticed, or not so much problems, but adaptions I need to make. Firstly, when I built the shed, I lined the walls with hardwood due to a problem that we had at the time. But I found this hardwood to really be a little bit too weak if I wanted to hang anything on the wall. So what I want to do one day is just to empty out the shed entirely and line the inside of a shed with shiplap cladding, just like what I have on the outside. Now this should make a cleaner and stronger wall, which also should look better I mean, I can hang things up there with a lot more ease. Now, I also find that where I use the shelves to start seeds off and prick them out inside the shed, because we had quite a late spring, we had to delay my pricking out as I had nowhere for the plants to go without the risk of the plants being killed by the cold. And this led to a lot of delays and a lot of plants not either getting planted or not off to the very good start. But this has led me to plan another project for this winter, and that is to basically build a new greenhouse. Now this greenhouse is going to be four foot long, two foot wide and six foot tall. And inside it will just be shelves. So it's not going to be a, a greenhouse that I walk into. It's going to be a, a greenhouse. I open the doors and there are shelves with plants on them. It's so I can put my young plants in there when they are ready to go into there to free up space. I may even add a heater to get them off to a good start. I'm not quite sure yet. Again, it's another thing I need to design. But I had so much fun building the shed last year that I really want to do this and really want to crack on with this new build. The shed also lent itself to another success in that behind the shed I have four of my water butts. Now of course these fill up with rain water when it rains. Now no doubt you know that I like to collect as much rainwater as possible. I have 14 water butts in my garden in total. The only trouble with them is that the look of these plastic containers all over the place did look a little bit a little bit tatty and a little bit unpleasing to the eye. And so what I found was that having four of these water butts hiding behind the shed where they weren't in the in the eye of everybody just tidied things up quite significantly. So that, that has been a really big success. The only trouble that I have now is that I have four Dalek style compost bins and they seem to stick out. 
I'm not happy with those, but they are very good, and I do need compost bins to make lots of compost. So what do I do instead? Well, something that I added to the garden this year is, of course, the subpod, which is the underground composting system. Now, because the subpod has worked so well for me, it's hidden the composting, and it just looks fantastic and it is useful. I plan to actually buy more of these subpods and scatter them all over the place in my garden in the right places and use those for composting, eventually getting rid of the Dalek compost bins. Those Daleks will probably end up down on the allotment. Now again, that's not going to happen instantly because they're, they're not cheap, but uh, it's in my plans of how I'm going to improve my garden in the future and it's something that I'm constantly thinking of that needs to be incorporated. Now, in terms of what I'll be growing at the home plot, well, I've certainly noticed that things at home grow better than down the allotment. Onions grew better at home compared to the allotment. Peas grew better at home compared to the allotment. And that's just a few off the top of my head. I need to capitalise on this. So over this next year, I will be growing more of the crops at home. Now, this includes overwinter garlic and onions, and I'm not going to get rid of the allotment. I will be growing the, down on the allotment still, but I think that if I can get more crops at home and better crops, then I should use it, and there's less time spent on the home plot. Now, talking of the allotment, th let's move down there. Now, it's going to be growing over this next year more of the hardier or the stable crops such as potatoes onions cabbages stuff that i don't need to spend a lot of time on things that can look after themselves a bit better but more importantly take up large amounts of room and, and aren't suitable for the home plot now i've got to admit this year the allotment has not been used to its fullest the weather has been a really big problem and what I've also found is that I've been incredibly busy at work and that's meant less time for the allotment. Now, what I've recognised is that the allotment actually requires a lot more of my time than my home garden. And moving forward with the allotment, what I need to do is make it more and more time efficient. Now, what I mean by that is that I need to be able to spend less time or less work in the garden and in the allotment sorry and make it more fun to achieve this i've looked at what the biggest time cost has been and that's weeding particularly the cooch grass but over this last year i have experimented with a few different methods i've spoken about these of course and i have found that that has reduced the amount of cooch grass and therefore the amount of weeding that i need to do now one of these methods is of course using lawn clippings as a mulch now that worked fantastically well uh, until my lawn mower broke the bits that i grew potatoes in i mulched those with grass clippings the cooch grass the weeds didn't grow the potatoes grew fantastically but then my lawnmower broke, and that's not unusual for a petrol lawnmower. Now, to rectify this, I've got two choices. I either have to fix my petrol lawnmower that I have down on the allotment, but when I look at the lawnmower, one, the petrol engine doesn't run very well and it's constantly needing repairs. Secondly, the body is starting to rust away and it's almost exposing the blade, which is pretty dangerous. 
So that leaves me with the other option of taking down my battery lawnmower, which is what I'm going to do from now on. I won't leave it down there, I'll just have to take it down there every week. Now the battery lawnmower, I think, will struggle with the grass that is down on the allotment. I'm not deluded and I'm not going to say it's going to do a fantastic job or be able to eat through it because the grass is so thick on the allotment. But if I do it regularly and I keep on top of it, it might just do the trick and help me produce a better crops. Now, another method that I've been using to reduce weeds is thick layers of cardboard. And when I say thick layers of cardboard, I mean I'm placing three pieces of thick cardboard on top of each other in order to block out any light and cover the ground. Now, I started this a few months ago and I'm pleased to say that it has worked at blocking out the weeds. Where I have this cardboard, weeds are not growing. Now, my wife is getting very annoyed with me because I keep hoarding every single piece of cardboard that I can lay my hands on. Our garage is full up with all this cardboard and it's to be used on the allotment. But when the beds are being prepared, it will go down there. It will be used and compost eventually will go on top of this cardboard. The cardboard will, of course, rot down when the compost is on top. But what I think would happen is that, that all the weeds will struggle to grow through the cardboard, therefore leaving me with the compost to grow my plants in and therefore produce better results. And of course, each year I'll be adding more and more cardboard onto the layers in order to keep knocking back the cooch grass in order to stay on top of it. I'm pretty sure this is going to work based on what I've seen this year. Now, the final thing that I've found to stifle weeds is, of course, green manures, particularly phacelia. Now, this phacelia, it grows big, it shades out the cooch grass, doesn't let anything grow underneath it. And it worked so fantastic last winter that what I've said is that if a bed is empty, that stuff is being sown. And I will also be using other green manures that we have available. Green manures are such a fantastic tool that everybody, in my opinion, should be getting them on their allotment or start thinking about getting them on your allotment right now. In terms of infrastructure, I found that the beds that I've built on the first half of the allotment, the bottom half of the allotment, they are just the right size. They're 2.4 metres by 1.4 metres and they've got 600 mil space between the beds, which is just right for good, easy access. I've got six of these wooden beds on the bottom half, but I plan to be expanding this to eight beds over this winter. Now, one bed will actually be going where I built the cold frame last year. But this cold frame, it didn't get used this year. And what I found is that I tend to harden off all my plants at home. So I think it's going to be better off getting rid of the cold frame and just make it into a normal bed that I can grow my vegetables in. Now on the top half of the plot I have three beds about a similar size but much taller because these were made from corrugated iron and this was in fact the corrugated iron from my old shed I had at home. One of these beds needs moving because it's just in the wrong space and that would mean all three are in line which just makes it look a little bit better probably being very very fussy with that but uh, I just think it, it will look better and probably help me be a bit better organised. One of these beds will also be used in a, an experiment that I'm going to trial next year called Hugel Culture. 
Now, hugaculture is a method of gardening I've heard a lot about, but have never tried. And it basically involves placing wood at the bottom and covering the wood with compost in layman's terms. I will obviously research this a bit more when it comes to doing it and go into more detail as and when that happens. Uh, then I want to build three more wooden boats on this top half of the plot. Now with the two that are going in on the bottom half of the plot, that means I need to start buying the wood and getting it down to the allotment ready to build these beds pretty soon. You can know what I'm going to be doing over the next few weekends. In terms of compost, now I need to make more compost. I, I I make pretty good compost, I've got to say, but my compost bins that I have, some need repairing and I might have to build more. Now this is going to be just some pallet compost, just three pallets made into a U-shape, nice and simple, nothing complicated about that. But the uh, reason for that is I don't want to spend a lot of time making compost bins, I want to spend more time making compost. Eventually I do want nice looking compost bins, and as I said earlier, the Dalek compost bins may well end up down on the allotment as well. In Grandad's Greenhouse, the wicking beds that I set up, they've been fantastic again. I, I tried these last year, this year they've also worked because I've expanded the wicking bed system. But my wicking beds are basically a plastic box with a drainage hole drilled into the side about an inch from the bottom. And then the container is filled with perlite and compost. Now these have worked great and it means I don't have to water every day. In fact, if I can go a week and the compost will still stay moist. So for me, I think that proves why I use these wicking beds. But what I've noticed in some of these beds, I've used a particular brand of compost and the beds that have got that brand of compost haven't performed as well as the others which means that next year I'm going to trial different brands of compost just to see which fares the best and which performs the best just like the experiment I've been running this year to see what compost additive performs the best um, the results for that are not in just yet but keep listening in future for that but I think next year this trialing compost especially as we are only going to be able to buy peat free compost soon I think it needs a lot of research to see what performs best now in terms of what I'm going to be growing on the allotment of course we're overwintered onions garlic uh, next year potatoes will be going in cabbages brassicas uh, lots and lots of these overwintering crops as well I'm looking at overwintering peas particularly in the greenhouse again i did that last year and they performed fantastically well and i want to continue with that over this winter uh, now i mentioned onions and this year i've actually learned that i can grow onions from seeds and they've performed better than the onions from sets now why was this well it could be because i grew these onions at home but i think what it really was is that in the past I've always removed the onions with my overwintered onions, i.e. after the longest day. But what I've learned is that these onions were sown at Christmas and they were planted out in spring. Therefore, they're spring planted onions. Well, these bulk up after the longest day and therefore by leaving them in the ground for 
well, they've got to come out soon. They're still in the ground, so they haven't killed over just yet, but they've got to come out soon. Two months longer has made all the difference, and that is what I'll be continuing with next year. Well, that's lots and lots of planning involved right there, and lots to think about based on this initial analysis of this growing year. But what I would like to know is what have you found to be a success or failure this year and what will you be doing differently next year? Let me know your thoughts on that. You can email me, richard at uk. You can visit my website at uk. Leave a comment or even leave a voicemail. Or you can find me on social media. Just search for The Veg Grower Podcast. In next week's podcast, I have a visit to Garner's World Live Special Edition, which I'm intending this Thursday. So if you happen to be going to the show this Thursday and you see me walking around, please do come and say hello. If you're not able to make it, don't worry, you will hear all about it in next week's podcast. Until then, please take care. <laughs>